face-to-face and travel restrictions, we've had a few more phone interviews than usual, serving as our episodes for this little while. In this mini-sode, I chat to Aussie indie rocker Jack Bratt. We go over his change to a solo career, his creative process, the story behind his latest single, The Outsider, staying humble, his love of basketball and Rolling Stone, some doggo chats and more. Listen up and check out the new single, The Outsider, with its adorable bittersweet video of a stranded astronaut finding love and belonging on Earth, out now. We had a small technical issue, so the first little part of the first question and answer are cut off. So for a little opening context, Jack is talking about what provoked his change from performing with a band to going solo. Enjoy! A way to kind of just make uh, make yeah, make things go a lot quicker, I think, and just write the music that I, I wanted to write and not kind of have to have other people's opinions um, you know, forced in, into the creative process, I guess. So it's been, you know, quite liberating in that way. But it's also, you know, it's you know, it's just you. It's just you on your own. So there's nobody else to kind of share your your wins with, or you know, you know, the camaraderie of a band is, you know, is pretty special. And I still am in a band as well. But um, with this, it was just something I was excited to do creatively on my own. And um, yeah, never never done it before. And um, it just felt like the right time. Yeah. So has the creative process itself changed with that? Like how you write and yeah, I mean, all the time it's changing and evolving. And um, I wrote a lot during our initial quarantine period here, which I wasn't expecting. But you just kind of because we were forced to do nothing else but you know, sit at home. It was just yep. you know a lot of music came out, which was really exciting. Um, so I guess I'm a little bit more prolific now because yeah, it is up to me, and I'm not kind of bouncing ideas off people or kind of getting you know sometimes if people don't like something you kind of get discouraged you know other bandmates or something like that but for me it's just up to um up to me to you know kind of refine things and revise and and edit you know and kind of work on something then go away and then come back to it say i don't like that part and change it you know and then take take the finished product as it's supposed to be heard you know to my producer or something like that as opposed to you know when you're trying to build something um you know, getting kind of knockbacks or something internally from the bank, <laughs> you know, yeah. discouraging is, is the right word. So, yeah, it's changed in that way. It's a lot more prolific and streamlined, I think. So it's entirely your own thing, of course, being solo. You get to make the decisions and everything. Yeah, I mean, like I still obviously ask a lot of people for advice and, and Joel Miles, my producer, has a lot of input um, creatively as well. Like we work on a lot of it together, like after I brought the song with him. Um, and I luckily, I just have a great, you know, kind of circle of people in the industry who are, you know, very good at um, letting me know what the right move is to do next or, or what they think is, you know, it doesn't always kind of go as planned. But um, yeah, I've got a lot of people to bounce off still. Yeah, of course. And how has the response to Spades and The Outsider been? It's been really exciting. It's been great. Um, a lot of people seem to really kind of uh, relate to um, the music and, you know, that's kind of what I hope, you know, it's that it's, you know, relatable to people and that, you know, it's a shared experience. You know, I, I don't feel like my kind of the things that happen in my life aren't so far from what's happening to other people as well. So, um, yeah, it's been overwhelmingly 
positive, which is great. Yeah. Um, and our writer, Millie, she also reviewed The Outsider. She kind of com- combined the song and the video in her review, oh, which I is the first time we've done that, and I think people should definitely do it because video is obviously a whole new creative thing on its own. Mm. Um, and her words were, I really like the allegory of the astronaut having spent all his time in space and coming back down, being an actual outsider and having to rediscover where he fits in and what the world looks like today. Is that an accurate interpretation of what that was meant to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, uh, yeah, that, that idea of just being complete, like the, the weirdest looking person on the street, you know, but then people still like aren't really phased or concerned with you because they've got their own stuff going on. Yeah. You know, that's just, um, that was kind of the imagery that I was going for. And, and also with like the, you know, what happens at the end of the video, it's, you know, kind of what you're, what you kind of want isn't maybe what you should be looking for, you know, yeah. ultimately. And, um, you know, it's, you know, about being out of your comfort zone and, you know, that's, you know, the rule, the reward is kind of not where, where you thought it would be, I think, in a lot of yeah. ways. So, but yeah, no, um, it was really important to do the, I, I love, um, you know, the visual element, you know, combined with music, I feel like it takes the music to another place and it's just such a great way to tell, um, you know, tell a story and, um, yeah, I've always loved, you know, video uh, video clips and I love um, their pairing with, with music and, you know, you might not get a song initially, but then when you watch the video and it just kind of clicks or something for you. So, yeah, yeah I hope to always kind of have, you know, videos aligned with my music and a visual representation, you know, with the artwork and everything like that. It's all supposed to tie in together. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely something you have to make work together. Otherwise, people are just kind of confused, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, Millie again, the end of her review said, and Jack Bratt, where on earth or not did you find the space outfit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, well, a lot of it was um, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Surprising. I've never kind of shopped on Amazon before. And yep. then, um, but, you know, kind of wasn't having any luck finding a spacesuit. And, um, um, yeah, with the back, the backpack, when I found that, I was like, oh, thank God I didn't have to build one. <laughs> and, um, we went through lots of different, you know, kind of outfits and of, of the spacesuit, and they kind of kept tearing, or, um, or they were see-through, or too hot, or too heavy, or the wrong color, or whatever. And I was going to, um, it was amazing. Like there was a, like a, a workwear place just literally across the street from me that I've never noticed before. Yeah. And was kind of googling places, and I was like, why have I never seen that place? It's like it kind of was a mirage or something. And then, <laughs> yeah, we luckily just found the right kind of suit, and I found the, the like a vintage-looking motorcycle helmet and um, yeah. yeah it all just kind of like it, and the gloves were from Amazon so it was just all a bit kind of thrown together and it wasn't supposed to look perfect but just like kind of you know okay enough on, yeah. with a with an independent artist budget and um, no it worked out really well and um, Christian who played the spaceman did an awesome job and was you know not didn't complain once about running around in that all day in, in, the, in the Brisbane sunshine so yeah. he was very he was a good sport yeah, I, I watched the video when we first got the press release a few... Um, when did it come out originally? Oh, about it, a month, month, ago, month ago, just a little... Yeah, yeah almost um, month, yeah. And the first thing... I watched the whole video through and I was like, that's just... It's adorable. Like, it's a really yeah. cute video. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be a bit lighthearted and funny and, yeah. you know, because the lyrical content's a bit dense, you know, and a bit yeah. deep. So having that element of it... Um, paired with, you know, kind of a bit more serious content was what I was kind of going for. And, um, but it turned out so much better than I, I could expect it. I, I for, I'd forgotten that he's such a great dancer as well. Yeah. Um, so when he was doing all the, the dance sequences and stuff, that's what really made it for me. It was, it was hilarious. It was good. Absolutely. Where was the, where's the rocket? 
Where is that located? Um, yeah, so that's um, in, the, in the Brisbane CBD. Um, and I've always like just kind of driven past it thinking that's such a weird art installation. And, and it looks like, you know, just like a bunch of space junk and it's, you know, below these beautiful red stairs in Spring Hill. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just thought that that would be kind of funny that he's like, thinks that he's, you know, found his, his ticket home yeah. and then realizes it's just an art installation and then like loses all hope. That's kind of like the, the rock bottom for him. But um, yeah, it's, and they're, they're just, it's a super cool artist. Which I don't actually, I forgot to read the plaque when I was there. I don't know, you know, who the artist is or anything like that, but it, yeah. it looks great. Yeah, it's a great little um, feature. I think it, yeah. it gets its own little credit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I was doing my research and almost every article or press release or interview around you uh kind of labels you as a prodigy so yeah i don't know if you've read your own articles or what but is is there a pressure in that no um i don't i try not to read anything or kind of look back at interviews and stuff like that it's you know just you know kind of leave it as a point in time you know i'm sure i'm gonna evolve as a person and have different ideas and views and i don't want to kind of be looking back going what an idiot why did you say that um (laughs) I mean, I don't. I don't think of myself as a prodigy at all. Um, yep. That's very kind of somebody said that. But um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't lump myself into that category by any means. I'm just a, just a, just a guy. Who just likes a humble music. dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you also mentioned the possibility of an album next year. Is that mm. that's in the works? You mentioned that. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So it's being recorded at the moment. I, I was um, supposed to be in New York, but um, uh, writing music for the album. But because of COVID, everything the timeline completely flipped in yeah. reverse. Um, but I, I luckily wrote the rest of the album um, in the early stages of lockdown, which I was really not expecting. Um, and uh, and then I was able. I was very lucky to get some additional funding through um, Arts Queensland to. to record the album so I started it kind of right away and um yeah it's, and we're yeah, kind of rocketing through it pretty pretty quickly which is exciting and um hopefully it'll be done by the end of the year and, and released early in 2021. So what sort of stuff should we expect? Is it the same as what you've put out so far or a little bit left field? Or? Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's a lot of musical territory to cover. I'm like a big fan of a lot of different styles of music and I want to kind of express myself through those genres as well. Um, I think ultimately they're all singer-songwriter songs at its core. Like I'm just, you know, telling stories about my, myself and, and my experience. Um, but, yeah, musically it's quite vast and, and you know, and uh, a lot of different instrumentation and the strings and some beautiful piano moments as well and you know acoustic um you know style songs and yeah a lot of different stuff it's really exciting seeing them take shape because obviously i write them and then record kind of quite you know vulgar demos of them they're just you know as, as, as best as i can kind of get away with my lack of technical ability you gotta start somewhere <laughs> oh, but i never improve i've been doing this for a long time and i just can't get my head around it i'm just, like garage band has really been a, a godsend yeah. for me because it's just like recording for dummies and i still struggle with it but i like, keep discovering new things on it and it's just really exciting and it just makes the process really really quick yeah um and um so for me like i record demos and then i take them to my producer Joel and then he just takes them to this other place you know which is really really exciting and just places that my mind doesn't go mm-hmm. um, and just being able to kind of relinquish a bit of control and kind of see where it kind of goes is, is a really exciting part of the process as well yeah we had an interview with uh, a Melbourne 
heavy band a couple months ago now, I think. Yeah. And they were talking about that process of having to sort of relinquish that control and, and, and accept that there are some things that will need changing and you're going to have to involve other people to get the absolute best that you can out of it. Yeah, I think you, you have to realise um, when, when the penny drops that your your idea is not always going to be the best one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of when things start to flourish, I think, from there. And, um, and Joel's such a, a brilliant musician in his own right. And, um, yeah, and it's just, you know, there's no harm in trying things, you know. Just, you know, you can always, you know, go, go back yourself and say, oh, that's not working. And we do do that from time to time. So uh, this is not the right direction. And we kind of, you know, go back and, and revisit it and, and try it a different way. And, you know, we have the luxury of, you know, we're not doing it, you know, in a, you know, really intense time period. We have, you know, the luxury of, of time on our side. So we're always kind of tinkering and changing things and, and seeing what, what um, works best, what the best treatment is for each, each song. So how do you know in that process? Because obviously the, there are a lot of perfectionists out there. How do you know when something is ready? Um, I mean, it'll never be as good as I want it to be yep. because – but, but you have to be okay with that as well I've decided because you'll just drive yourself mad and um, you know you need room to grow and to progress and, and you know show a you know show a story to your audience as well I think you know it shouldn't be like well for me I don't, I don't think this is going to I hope it's not the greatest work I ever make you know that would yeah. be a real shame um, I hope that everyone's better than the last one um, I think that you know there's just an agreement you know between you know Joel and I and, and I play it for you know my, my fiance and, and friends and people in the industry that I respect and and you know that that, that feedback's really important in your inner circle and making sure that you can um, ask people who you know are gonna just you know be a yes man you know yeah. and um, um, but you know you, I think you just you have that 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 you know, that positive feeling in your in yourself you know I think you just know. Mm-hmm. when it's when it's kind of ready you know but there'll always be things i want to change and you just need to kind of compromise in a little way and yeah for um, sure yeah like, there is a there is a period of letting go <laughs> yeah um and you mentioned w- with the the album process that you had uh like assisted funding from what did, who did you say it was queensland through arts queensland arts yeah. queensland so yeah. with uh funding and promotion and all that um i also found that you were uh, I think it said you won the Triple J Unearthed thing a couple of years ago with Shifter. Oh, so the band that I was that I joined when I was eighteen yeah. um, was called Shifter, and they had just won Triple J Unearthed back right. when it was a competition. It wasn't like the platform that it is now. Yeah. Um, but it was still very much a you know you enter a song specifically, and then they announce winners for, by the state, and they won it for Queensland just before I joined. Mm. So that would have been in like October or September, October or something of two thousand four. Okay. So that's quite quite a while ago. Um, but yeah, so but then I, I joined as their guitar player, I was just kind of filling in. Um, at the time and then I joined just as I turned 18 you know so I could kind of get into the in the pubs and stuff to play the gigs and yeah. um, but then that opened up a whole you know world of opportunities for the band and we played you know all over the states and we did South by Southwest and mm. Big Day Out and you know all kind of you know great opportunities to spider bait and um, just you know really amazing experiences to be having when you're you know just out of high school it was yeah. a really kind of whirlwind crazy world it was exciting times yeah yeah well that was kind of where I was going was that it it does open up a massive opportunities especially now like people become huge huge bands and artists through Triple J on Earth itself so like it's an incredibly important platform I guess um 
do you, <laughs> I don't know how to like actually phrase the question. Um, what are your thoughts on the program as a whole? Like clearly it's important, but is it something that you, you weren't part of when the band actually won? You said you joined afterwards, mm. but for young artists now, where would you direct them for the best sort of process in, 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 in getting the best out of their work and themselves? Um, I mean, Triple J is, 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 is extremely important. I mean, I'm a Triple J unearthed artist now. Like, yeah. My music's unearthed, unearthed because I'm a brand new thing and I didn't really kind of think of it like that. But, you know, when I was kind of, you know, first like talking to Triple J about this music and stuff like that, it's like they've kind of seen me as like, you know, for the first time and they want to kind of see how I'm kind of going to develop and, and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, that was, you know, hard for me to wrap my head around at the moment because I've been doing a lot of different music for, for a long time. Um, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's great in the way that, um, um, it's run by such a, you know, a, a people who love music, you know, and they mm. listen to it all day, every day. And even though there's a lot of music being thrown at them and they're, you know, super under the pump, you know, but it's just, it's such a, a great way to, um, you know, to get your music in, in front of the right people. And it is you're such a powerful, you know, juggernaut, you know, Shul J controls mm. a lot of, um, you know, the, the tastes of, of, of popular music in this country and, you know, festivals, you know, look, look to them when they're booking their, their lineups and mm. things like that. So yeah, it's, it's extremely important. So, um, you know, I, uh, but yeah, just, you know, thinking of myself as a triple J on earth artist now is, it's, it's a bit strange, but yeah, <laughs> I very much still am. One, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we got um we got a message from Claire Mooney, one of the I think she's a presenter or something. I'm not quite yep. sure. Um, but yeah, we got a, a follow and a message from her on the podcast yesterday, and it just blew our Wonderful. minds because we we've, we've been looking at approaching them for interviews like this as well, and to have them notice us first was just awesome. That's great. Um, so I I kind of I can imagine that actual artists being approached would be a big deal for them as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you also need to understand that like um, only eight songs are added on Triple J every week worldwide. Okay. It's only I didn't eight. Know that. Yeah, and that's from major labels, independent, local, yeah. overseas. So there's only eight spots and with the and they receive hundreds and hundreds of new submissions yeah. every week from from, you know, Unearth to, you know, Universal or Sony music, you know, you know, there's there's only so much music that can be played in in twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so while, you know, it's 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 really exciting, like I still like you know, have you know kind of conversations with people at Triple J, but you know, you're still even though art music is an artistic endeavor it's still kind of competitive mm. and you know they need to um heed to um certain you know demographics and certain styles of music so you know if you know you know tide line and you know somebody else in, in a rock and roll kind of genre gets added in yeah. a week you know yeah. that's kind of their guitar driven quote and reached you yeah. know so you kind of got to, there's a lot of t- timing and luck involved with it but also just kind of creating a story and and showing your um uh, you know your dedication and your that you're, you're serious about it you know and um but a lot of things kind of come with that as well you know you'll get you know attention from labels and you know booking agents and things like that as well and that kind of starts forming your your profile 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still very much in my infancy as, a, as an artist. So it's, and it's such a weird time to be releasing music as well. But oh, um, the, absolutely. The, response, the response from Triple J has been really positive about Spades and The Outsider and stuff so far. So yeah, hopefully um, there'll be some of my music on the, on the airwaves yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, and talking about platforms in general, it, I think I saw somewhere that you said you were also featured in Rolling Stone not long ago. Ooh, yeah. Um, and that you, you know, followed them and you were collecting their magazines growing up and everything like that. Yeah. Um, to actually be published with them, was that ever a, like a little dream of yours or did it just happen one day and you were just like, oh, wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, a huge dream. Like it, um, it's only on the online um, content um, so far, but yeah. you know, hopefully in the print editions, you know, maybe when the album comes out or something like that, we'll be able to you know, get it over the line. But no, that was really exciting. Um, I have a great um, publicist and um, well, team of team of them who are great, and they, you know, kind of like they're kind of like, what, what are your kind of dream, your dreams, you know, of you know being a musician? And when I was like, oh, something in Rolling Stone one day would just like blow my mind. So yeah. that was like they kind of surprised me with that when the outside came out which was I wasn't expecting you know and to be like one of the was it the song you need to hear now it was it was yeah. super super special yeah it was really exciting amazing um yeah. and you you said in the uh, a little previous question um that it's a weird time to be releasing music and everything like that and clearly it is and we're currently inundated with interviews like this because this is the only thing that people can do at the moment yeah. um so when gigs are back to normal however long that takes um who would be on your dream lineup, whether to perform or just attend? Oh, um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, that seems like so far away and it such does. like an impossibility <laughs> at the moment, doesn't it? Oh, I'd love to just—I'd love to do like a North American tour with the Chili Peppers, supporting the Chili Peppers. That would be the best. Yeah, I saw yeah. the the thing about the drummer. What's his name? Chad. Uh, Chad Smith. Yeah. Yeah, that that yeah. sounds incredible. That'd be mind blowing. Yeah. It was. It was awesome. It was. A, it was a really amazing experience. But yeah, um, their guitarist um, John Frusciante is one of my favorite. My favorite artists of all time. And mm-hmm. so um, to be able to like play arenas in North America and also watch them play every night would be would be the best. Mm, for sure. <laughs> um, I've only got three actual questions written down left. Sure. Um, one of them might extend is there a topic that you've always wanted to talk about or learn more about or just have like a really big deep conversation about like something you outside of music or anything that you just find interesting that kind of blows your mind a bit um uh publicly or or with with friends or at a party with stranger anything (laughs) uh no i try (laughs) um no, not that I can really think of. I mean, it's, it's this is going to be a silly answer, but I, I the only thing I get really excited talking about is basketball. Yeah, I'm a huge Lakers, Los right? Angeles Lakers fan. Yep. Yeah, and um, it just it's just because it's just such a different part of it's so not my world. I think that's yep. why I like it so much, you know. And um, it's just like it's such a complex game, and it, when I like play it really badly because I'm you know I'm athletic. Um, <laughs> but it's just 
it's like everything just shuts off in my head and it's just a really beautiful calm um, because my mind's always just, you know, ticking over constantly. Yeah. And I just don't think about anything else except, you know, the, the plays and, and because I'm so physically exhausted as well, like that like adds to it. Um, so that's, I love playing it, but I love watching it as well. It's just, yeah, it's just um, extremely exciting. And um, yeah, so every time I, I can find somebody who likes basketball, I get, I get excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I never hear, you never hear about musicians being big on sports, so that's different. There's a lot of us. There's a lot yeah. of us. Yeah. Actually, I bumped into um, James from Violent Soho at a, at a Brisbane Bullets game, and we hadn't seen each other in a while. And it's like, ah, maybe <laughs> a couple of rock and roll guys watching watching the Bullets play. Hell yeah. Um, all I have left is, what are your top three Aussie acts right now? We try to ask that of everyone. Oh, uh, Hannah Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she released a song called Backsliding um, like at the start of the year and I still listen to it almost every day. It's an amazing song. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm having a mind blank of her name, but um, uh, I'll have to look at my Spotify. Sorry. <laughs> <Do> <laughs> she, re- she released the song um, uh, Edith Vale. Oh, yep. Oh, what is her name? I posted about that the other day. <laughs> Beck Skies is her name. She's brilliant. That's such a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, Josh keeps talking about her. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. yeah it's such a wonderfully um, written song. And, yeah, it just pulls on all the heartstrings at once. And yeah. <laughs> it's almost like not fair. <laughs> um, uh, who else? Um, Oh, and this as this songwriter Yuka from um, the Gold Coast. She's got this song called "Not Champagne," which is awesome. And I love it. Okay. And it's just just a it's sort of such a, a funny analogy. She says, "I'm not champagne. I'm white wine." <laughs> um, but it's just like a super great um, chorus that's just really anthemic. And yeah, I just I was listening to On Earth one day, and that came on. I was I was fooled by that one. It's a beautiful track. I, f- I identify with that. I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, last of all, what are you doing after this interview? Walking my neighbor's dog. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's a grey he's a um, bull Arab oh. um, slash slash Great Dane. So he's big, <gasps> massive, and um, he yeah. So my neighbour um, unfortunately has some health issues and she can't walk him all the time. And she's also studying for uni, so I you know just take him out and we go to this little creek near my house that has catfish that he just flips out over. So because he just loves looking at the fish and there's a giant yeah. lizard that he always tries to be friends with, and then the <laughs> he tries to like pull, he almost pulls my arm out of the socket trying to get to it. And um, yeah, he just he loves it, and that's just a really kind of special experience for me because again it's just like very calming and simple and um yeah it's just us walking around the park it's awesome he loves it and it gives me a lot of joy as well i used to you know he's there you go i'm just saying it's just like dogs are just incredible because they just love like very few things and that just does it for them like like chasing lizards (laughs) and going outside and they just lose their minds you know and when they see their favorite people like it's so exciting like whenever I, he sees me like from across the way or whatever he just like just freezes and then bolts for me <laughs> and it's a bit intimidating with a great dane valera running yeah, <laughs> full trot sure. towards you yeah, <laughs> but he's I, a beautiful dog i used to live with a bull arab called trixie mm-hmm. and, right. and it was when i first moved to melbourne in a share house with like three other people and 
she was just like everyone's scared of them because they are big and intimidating, of course. Yeah. But they'll lick you to death before anything else. And yeah. she would wake me up by coming into my room and lying across the full <laughs> length of my body, and I could not <laughs> breathe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're such big softies, and especially this dog. He's actually um, an assistance dog for my um, neighbour, so she will faint sometimes, and she yeah. was hitting her head a lot. And um, so he can sense when she's going to pass out before she does and makes her sit down and lies on top of her so she can't physically get up because he's so big. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's and he's just the sweet, the sweetest, you know, personality and, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't harm a fly. He's just, you know super chilled and it was yeah. really funny though because we have a you know we're neighboring balconies and there's like a little dip so you can kind of see into the next um to the balcony and i was out watering our plants and i hadn't met bailey before and i hadn't met our new neighbor i'd heard people moving in and i looked over and he was just standing staring at me on this box that they, he had uh, they had outside was for storage and it freaked me out because i just he was just so quiet and it was just like this huge dog staring me down i was like i like i think i went i actually yelled because <laughs> it was just not i was not expecting to see that but yeah he's just you know he's a he's a big softy he's beautiful Amazing. <laughs> um is there anything else you wanted to throw in mention uh, no, I don't think so. Just yeah, go and um, check out The Outsider if you if you can. It's all on, on all streaming services and you can follow me on Instagram at Jack Brad or Facebook at Jack Brad Music. And okay. thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you too. Thanks for chatting. No problem at all. I think you, hope you're all safe and well in Bendigo and it all goes back you know, to normal quickly. Yeah, doing the best. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for your time. Thank you. Nice Enjoy to meet you. Enjoy your dog walk. <laughs> yeah, will do. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. Our next episode is the closest to normal that we think we're going to see for a while, where Gabby returns and we jump on a call with Ben Stewart from Slowly Slowly to chat all about his recent solo pop venture, congrats. We're excited to be doing an episode together for the first time in a long time, even if it was recorded remotely. So be sure to check that out in two weeks' time. Catch you then.